Hi everyone, Assalamu alaikum. Hope everybody's fine. I'm not very fine. Um, and okay, yeah, as I always tell you in each episode, I like to keep the background a little normal so that you can feel the ambience, so that you don't really feel as if we're talking in a studio and that we could have this atmosphere as if I'm chatting with you. So I am going to keep the necessary background noises as always. And, well, I'm not very fine for basically the same reason that I haven't been fine for quite some time now. And that is, where is our society going to? And as we've I've talked about this many times in many different ways and written about it as well. I think one of the basic reasons why as a society we fail every single time we revolutionize ourselves is very simply put because we seem to always want to rebuild our system on the existing skeletal remains which is where we go wrong to truly revolutionize our society and our way of living to truly change and develop ourselves we have to build it all from scratch building it from scratch means burn everything to the ground seriously just to burn everything to the ground start with a blank canvas and build everything again from there you know from scratch because if we keep on using the same framework of a system that has failed us we will keep rebuilding a system of failure for example let me look at look around us we created organizations like government organizations and we created banking sectors and we created all these different various lobbies and groups in order to make our lives easier you know to put some sort of a uh, sort of a, a discipline to our lives and order you know to organize ourselves but then at the end of the day what these what this whole experimentation from centuries and ago has proved to us is that they have failed us banks have forgotten that they're here to cater to us they seem to think that it's their birthright to use our money however they wish to invest our money without our consent or our authority or our permission or you know in any case there is no mutual written contract that actually states that there is any limitation or restriction to the way they use your money they go ahead and they use your money anywhere anyhow they like and then they claim to be custodians of your money so they charge you all this you know annual fees for this service and that service and card usage and protection and they send you these these little messages and emails reminding you that they are responsible for up to a certain amount of your money if anything happens to it and when actually something does happen to your money and the, you know, and you fall victim to a cyber crime or a fraud or an unpermitted, unauthorized transaction, then your bank suddenly, they just, you know, they back off. And suddenly they're no longer responsible for even a penny of yours. But they're very quick to again deduct that same service charges as soon as you try to recover whatever amount you can recover on your own, I might add, without any help from the bank or any help 
from the government or any help from any other relevant department whatsoever. In fact, this is how our government works. Cybercrime unit, what did it do in order to recover my money? Let me tell you. So, despite the fact that there was evidence that my information and my security was breached by the bank, they very neatly put the responsibility on me. Despite the fact that there was evidence that I did not share my information with anyone, but they tried to put that on me, number one. Number two, cybercrime people pretended to, to handle the case. Oh yeah, we're going to take care of everything. Don't you worry. Just one phone call, just one full call telling me. And that is after I spent two days of legwork on my own. I traced one of the members of that gang that was involved in cyber crimes and in fraudulent transactions. I traced that person and I gave that person's information to the bank as well as to the cybercrime unit, okay? Then I contacted one of the websites where my money was sent to, okay, where the transaction was made. And because that website was an international website, so according to international laws, they assured me that they would cooperate with me in the recovery. And so when the cybercrime unit people contacted them, they immediately recovered my money. Now, all the other places where my money went to were all domestic, okay? There were Jazz Cash microfinancing people, okay? And then there was Telenor, again, microfinancing, okay? And then there was Zong and there was UFO, all four. That showed me that there were four people in this group that basically used my money and they got my money out of my bank without my authorization. And let me again remind you that while they were getting my money out of my bank, I was calling my bank and very strangely, nobody answered. The phone was constantly engaged. One of the phones was engaged and the other one, nobody was picking it up. Isn't that so strange? I had to walk all the way to the local branch because it is, it's, it's at walking distance. It's right near where I live. I walked all the way there and while I was walking, this whole thing was still going on. And when I reached the bank, the manager lied to my face and said, no, it cannot happen. It cannot happen. If you called us, we would have picked it up. So I showed her on my phone that I actually called you people two to three times. Nobody picked up the phone. She still lied to my face. No, it's impossible. I'm showing you proof and you're telling me it's impossible. And then I made her talk to the person who was one of the, the gang members who was trying to scam me by voice phishing claiming to be from the bank's head office so i gave the phone to the manager and again she the first thing that she did instead of apologizing that my information was breached she tried to blame me for it imagine i'm showing her proof that i've been calling the bank throughout trying to find out what was going on and i'm showing her proof that I was receiving messages of transactions from my bank, which I did not permit. You know, I did not share the OTP with anybody as it could show. If I was sharing the OTP with anybody, the transactions were only four. There were only four transactions made. And you could see on my phone that I received up to eight or 10 OTPs, which meant that I was not giving the OTPs away. So they were constantly trying and I was constantly getting the OTPs. Okay, but no. I was blamed for it. And then 
when I contacted cyber people, I had to involve an MPA and I had to involve a relative of mine in order to go there and personally talk to the guys to make sure that my case was being looked into. Now, what did the MPA do? Now, this is that same MPA who whenever she needs me or my mother, because she's a local resident, so whenever she needs us for the past 15, 10, 15 years, we've always been there helping in any capacity possible until I put my foot down one day and I said, that's it, that's it. I mean, I'm not going to help anybody anymore for free. I've done enough. Nobody does anything for me. So now it's time for you to prove yourself to me. Okay, prove it. We helped you get elected. You're in that seat now. Do something. Okay, so just because you're an MPA or your friend was an MPA or an MNA, you got your money recovered after falling victim to the same type of cybercrime or same fraud. And note that it's because your MPAs and MNAs that you're getting your money fully recovered. Now, the, we find out how you're working when an average person like me who has no connection, no standing whatsoever, when I am a victim and justice is given to me okay that's how you know that these people are actually doing their jobs the fact that for four months i didn't hear anything from cyber unit cyber crime unit or the politician who claimed that she would help me oh well, how did she help me she told me to go to the office first she told me to call them and ask for so and so because that so-and-so is really good at their job and they would make sure that they would actively look into it. And when I called so-and-so, nobody allowed me to even talk to that so-and-so person. Then when I told her that, okay, nobody's responding here, and she said, no, just go to the office then and take my name. Now, this is not how you do things. This is not how you do things. You don't tell that person, go to so-and-so place and take my name. When I do something for somebody, I contact that person, I contact both parties directly, and then I make sure that I get them to meet each other directly while I'm still there, and then I leave them once I'm sure that every party has acknowledged each other. That's how you get things done, okay? You don't tell that person, go and take my name. If that person tells me who's that person, I don't know that person, then what am I supposed to do then? Well, I still went to the office, now, despite the fact that I had already lodged a complaint on Citizens Portal, that same Citizens Portal that our Prime Minister is so proud of that it gets things done, that is where I first lodged the com complaint, okay? When I went to the local office, our Lahore branch of cybercrime, what did they say to me? We don't care where you lodge the complaint. You have to rewrite the whole complaint manually over here right in front of me and give me the photocopy of so-and-so thing and so-and-so thing. And who cares if you send it to them? We don't care. This was the attitude that I got from the man at the reception. So I went back to the bank, told the bank to issue me whatever necessary documents are necessary, wrote another manual complaint, attached everything together, went back to the office, shoved it at his face, and then again came back. Now the MNA and the MPA who declared that they would help me, nobody came forward, nobody. Okay. My relative, who was pretending to have so many connections, and obviously he does, I know he does, because he's been in the government for as long as I remember as well. So, 
He's recently retired, but let me tell you one thing. When it comes to their own stuff, they find their connections, they get their job done. ASAP, even now, even today. But when it comes to me, what does he do? He wastes my time. Oh, go there, go there, do this, do that. You know what? I've already gone whichever fucking places I'm supposed to, and I've already done whatever I was fucking supposed to do. It's your turn now. All you needed to do was to call your friend who works there and ask him the status of the case. That's all you had to do. And even that was too much for you. I'm so sorry. Well, you know what? Next time you just come to me because you people, whenever you need me, you come to me. Next time you just come to me, see what I do to you. Okay, I believe in justice. I don't believe in mercy. I think mercy belongs to only two people in this world. Those who are powerless and they have no choice but to show mercy. For your information, that is also not really forgiveness. Just because you are verbally forced to forgive somebody because you're powerless, it does not mean that that person is forgiven. God does not acknowledge it as forgiveness, by the way. So you're not safe, regardless of whatever it is that you think. And the other kind of person who shows mercy is a person who has himself hurt so many people in life that in that that conscious, that guilty conscious of his, you know, forces him to think that, okay, I hope, I hope that when the day comes that God will show me mercy. So let me show mercy to others as well, because I hope when my time comes, mercy shall be shown to me. People who cry out for justice are those people who are constantly victimized and never see the light of the day, never see any justice meted out. So to them, fair play, honesty, justice comes number one. And guess to whom else does it come as number one? To God himself. Read the Quran. Read Islamic jurisprudence. Read everything. As justice comes first. Mercy comes second. Every single case scenario that has been pointed out. Justice first. Mercy second. Always. That's the order. Look at the order of things, okay? The order is justice first, mercy second. What does that mean? That means that even God knows that as long as your heart is not placated with justice, there will be no peace, no fair play, no honesty in society. Corruption is bred upon that fake illusion of mercy. When you force your victim to show you mercy, that's not forgiveness. So that creates resentment, that creates crime, and that creates corruption on both sides. Okay, the person forcing mercy is corrupt already and will breed more corruption. The person who is a victim and who has not been given justice he will go towards crime at one point in life or the other because bitterness and resentment will grow so much, the need for revenge will grow so much. And so you have chaos in society. Okay? Which leads me back to the fact that the reason why we created governments, the reason why we created the establishment, that machinery, you know, of bureaucrats, was to ensure that our lives are made easier. We pay them taxes. Their salaries come out of our hard-earned money because they serve us. They seem to forget that. 
They seem to think that they are above us. They're not above us. They're glorified servants. Government people need to remember that. You're not our rulers. You are our glorified servants. We pay you. We don't earn. You don't get no money. Okay? So when you try to disturb our economic stability and you think that we will still be able to pay you for sitting in those seats, you're wrong. Because what you're doing is blatantly stealing from us, be them banks, be they government organizations, it doesn't matter who the fuck you are. Because at the end of the day, you're just thieves and you're blatantly stealing from us. For example, okay, if suddenly we declare we don't need banks, well, I mean, why do we need banks? Your job is to secure our money. If you fail at that, we don't need you. You understand? You Do you even understand the position that you are in? You are a service industry, which means you were created by us to serve us. You have to cater to us and our needs. When you fail to do so, then it means you are no longer required to exist. And when we decide that banks don't need to exist, how long do you think you're going to exist? Oh, you think because you're such large corporations working with the government and, you know, you're co-colluding with each other in corruption and dishonesty and in cyber crimes. So, yeah, you, will you won't. Because, again... When we move another step forward and when we decide that because the government, this huge machinery that we have created has failed to serve its purpose, then this too needs to be dissembled. This is how you'd actually revolutionize a society. You don't rebuild a society on skeletal remains of a failed society. You have to completely burn everything down to the ground. You have to dissemble everything to such a way that it should be completely disintegrated so that nothing can be built from even a piece of whatever was left. And so you have a blank canvas to work on. And then you can see, okay, do government suit us? No. Okay, what kind of other organizations can suit us? What can suit our, our purpose? What can represent us towards, you know? we Because basically we need governments for only two, two things. They are our valets, okay? And they are our butlers, basically, if we put it in, in such, you know, uh, let's make it, you know, in layman terms. So that's basically the role of our government. Okay, there are butlers and there are valets and they represent us. Okay, they represent us to other foreigners, other foreign bodies, other countries, in other words. So this is basically it. This is basically what their role is, okay? So they are supposed to represent us in an international forum, okay? And they're supposed to deal with the domestic affairs. And that's basically what a butler does. So a, but a glorified butler is what your government is. So how can you tolerate a butler that doesn't know his job? I mean, seriously, what family could ever deal with a butler that doesn't know his job? A butler is supposed to be the most important of your servants who oversees everything inside and out. If he can't even do that, then he's not a butler and he doesn't need to be there then. If your butler has failed 
then either you change that butler or if you see that every butler that comes is, is, is corrupt or is not doing his job well, then that means you need to completely eradicate the system of having a butler and now start a new system. After all, we are creating all these systems to make our lives easier. And if our lives are not getting easier, but they're getting worse than before, then we need to eradicate the existing system. And we need to create a new one after thinking carefully as to what system would actually suit us. Okay? We can't let our servants override us every time. Okay? It's, it's, it's the same thing. I mean, banks are there to serve us, but they're not serving us. Instead, we're serving them. Why? I mean, and why do we need banks? Seriously, I think that in the olden times, when people did not use banks, and which is why banks were extremely rare, eh, those times need to come back because the, those people were smarter than us. And obviously, they dealt with even more money than we do today. What, what are we dealing with compared to them? We're dealing with paper money. What do they do? They actually dealt with solid gold and silver and stuff like that. So they really knew the value of money and how to deal with it and how to safeguard it. I think those days will rapidly come when banks would need to be destroyed. And in fact, that is also, I mean, if you remove all the layers of it, but that was essentially the purpose of having cryptocurrency. It was to get rid of banks, you know, and to get rid of government control, because obviously that's abuse of power. But as soon as the government just noticed that, oh, this is something that we cannot control or manipulate, then they decided to make it illegal. And now, because suddenly certain corporations working with the government have realized that there is a way to control cryptocurrency. Now, all of a sudden, bitcoins are the big deal and everybody wants to promote it. But you see, that's where, again, people are not going to be interested anymore. The sole interest on cryptocurrency was the fact that there was no government control manipulation or bank control and manipulation, that you could control your money 100% without any interference or interruption. Once that is gone, why would anybody have any interest in Bitcoins and cryptocurrencies now? I mean, it's it's all going to be, again, part of the... You see, that's how corruption begins. When people start controlling money, you know, I mean, they begin by saying that they're controlling money so that they should safeguard your interests and avoid a large scale of a manipulation but the truth is they are the ones who end up manipulating everything that you own. For example, okay, in Islam, there is no tax on something that you use personally. Taxes are always on accumulated wealth, be it gold, be it silver, be it assets. Okay. What do we do? We call ourselves Islamic Republic of Pakistan and we tax people on owning TVs and we tax people even if they don't watch PTV and even if they don't have, uh, you know, if they have cable or anything. So you tax them on every single thing on, on the TV itself and on cable use and on, on even PTV, which doesn't even exist probably in their channels. But there you go. You're still going to do it. Then you tax people on their personal properties. You tax people on their personal cars. And then you tax them on their electricity that they're using on a daily basis. And then you tax them on all utility and then you tax them on their commercial assets as well. So it doesn't make sense. okay? And then you tax them on mobiles that they buy. And then you tax them on mobiles that they use after they've already bought it and paid taxes for. Then you tax them on the amount that they put into their mobiles as the top-ups and prepaids and postpaids. It doesn't matter, but you're taxed on every single 
payment that you put into your mobile, okay? And then you're taxed when you make a call on your mobile to top it all. And then you're taxed for every messages that you send and gain. I mean, is there anything that they haven't taxed us on? And in Islam, this goes, this is, this comes under abuse of power and this comes under breach of justice and breach of statutory laws. Okay. This goes under breach of human rights and privacy rights as well. Because in Islam, you cannot be taxed on something that is your regular, absolutely on your regular use. You just can't. Because this is not something that the person has brought to, you know, uh, for commercial purposes or for purposes of just accumulating wealth. You know, he's not sitting atop a mountain of gold. This is something that you're using. That's why in Islam, there is no tax on gold that is bought for personal use. But in our countries, you even get taxed for that. Imagine that. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. Okay, I've been quiet and I've been trying to be as understanding and as tolerating as I could. But seriously, seriously, I mean, how much further do you expect us to be dragged down by you people, you know, because of your greed? Okay, so now suddenly our government has a problem because they lost the elections in Lahore. And now they're wondering why. What do you mean why? Look at the way we're being treated. I mean, I am from Lahore. I suffered a case of cyber fraud. What did your cyber crime unit do? Nothing. I did everything. It's the money that I managed to recover myself by directly contacting the international uh, website. That is the only thing that got recovered. All the rest of my money that has been pocketed by various domestic microfinancing. One of them actually had the audacity to tell me we have no evidence. State bank brought the evidence forward. I mean, I didn't even bring the evidence forward. State Bank of Pakistan brought that evidence forward. They contacted Telenor. They told them that this money is right now with you. And what does Telenor do? It contacts me. And it tells me, you made a complaint. I'm like, how do I know where the money is and where it isn't? State Bank is doing the investigation. They have found that partial sum has gone to you. It means it's with you. I have a receipt of payment made into your microfinancing account. Thank you very much. And you're telling me you have no evidence? Are you fucking kidding me right now? I think that I am getting closer and closer to that radical thought which scientists once upon a time had of genetic cleansing, you know. It is something similar to ethnic cleansing. It's where, you know, you just wipe out the whole population of a country because you know that the population is completely useless and it's corrupt to the core and they have nothing to promise to the future and in in fact if anything they're detrimental to the environment and to the future so yeah they should be completely eradicated so that then people with good genes with good habits with good character with honesty you know all those hardworking people, they can come together and rebuild the country. There is really something in that idea. But in any case, logically speaking, scientifically speaking, and I bet you anybody with even an ounce of common sense would know that I'm right when I say we cannot rebuild our living, our future, our system, our society on skeletal remains. Okay, 
we need to wipe everything out, burn everything down to the ground, start from scratch. That is the only way we can revolutionize our living. Okay, so let's just revolutionize our living the right way. Let's not make the same mistakes over and over again. We really need to do something about it. And I think we really need to say no to banks now. I mean, they have proved time and again that they are utterly useless. Utterly useless. I mean, imagine that our bank, that actually, because we're someone, normally they never seem to remember that we are one of their oldest customers or clients. No, no, no. But when they need our money to invest, then they suddenly remember that we're one of their oldest clients. Yeah, sorry, folks. While I was with you, you must have heard uh, some messages coming through. So I was just with them for a while, and guess what? See, this is one of the other things that we're facing. We have a meter that we disconnected when we changed to green energy. You know, we, we went towards solar and for that purpose, we had to disconnect our meter and put on uh, another meter. It's called net metering, right? So guess what? The disconnected meter, they just build us on that, okay? The Lesco people, that is the, uh, the electric uh, supply for Lahore, okay? The electric power supply for Lahore. So they just build us on a disconnected meter and... They have been billing us for three months in a row on our net meter. So despite the fact that we had a huge credit, like four months ago, we didn't even get to use that. But the very next month after that, we got a bill. Okay. And then the next month after that, we got a bill. So we were checking it out. And uh, we just found out that we actually had to pay uh, taxes, 2,000 worth of taxes, 2,000 rupees just taxes. And we're all sitting and thinking, what are these taxes for and what are they about? And why the sudden application of these taxes? So I have to now lodge two different complaints. First, that I was just billed thousands of rupees on a meter that's disconnected. And I was billed for three consecutive months on net metering when I was basically using my own power and selling it to the government. So not only was I using my own power that I'm producing, but I am selling excessive power to the government. So instead of giving me credits like they've been doing before, they suddenly charged me bills for three months in a row. And to top it all, they added taxes. I mean, seriously, like what the fudge is wrong with you people? You know, the amount of tensions and stresses that this government and this country has given me, it's been 27 years since I was made to shift to this country. I wasn't even born here, okay? So that, that's one of my greatest limitations is that I wasn't even born here. So why the fudge am I forced to live in this country for almost three decades, okay? Each time I left the country, my parents emotionally blackmailed me and brought me back, okay, for this, for this. I mean... We as human beings, we have the right to live our lives without unnecessary tensions. This is why we made governments. This is why we made banks. This is why we made all these different, different corporations. I think we should just go ahead and do what the mafia does, you know. We should have an underground uh private completely private bank that has nothing to do with anything in in the country or with the government or anything at all 
and that they would know that because it's basically, you know, it's do or die. So yeah, if anybody even tries to touch your account, he's dead because, okay, you know, that that's going to be the height of the security there, you know, or at least like other civilized countries, they have lockers, private lockers and private spaces where you can keep anything you want. They're in bus stations and they're in railway stations and they're in post offices. And once upon a time, we had them too. But obviously, oh no, we see that's where, you know, they cannot encroach upon your privacy. So remove everything. It's as if nobody's even heard of the stuff. Okay. What we really need to remove are banks. You think about it. Banks are just sucking us dry. Okay. They tell us that they're responsible, they're responsible for our money if anything happens to us. But in front of you, something happened. My information was breached. Who else can breach sensitive information in which my ID card information, my date of birth, my card, my debit card, all 14 to 16 digits, okay? My PIN code, my online ID. Who gave them all that? Where does it get breached from? And how dare they blame me for that breach? It is their duty. They claim to be custodians of our money when they charge us all these astronomical amounts in the name of services every year. And on top of those services, they charge taxes again. Okay, when you make a transaction, they charge you for services plus tax. Oh, yearly services plus tax. On your card, services plus tax. Online transaction services plus tax. In every single fucking thing, there's services and taxes, and you're paying them, and you're paying them. But they breach your information, they cost you your money, and then they say, oh, the, that is, it wasn't our fault, it's your fault. And then the cybercrime comes in pretending to take your case, and then because the two dudes had to get transferred to Peshawar, so they decided we should just close the case. And they also had the fucking audacity to lie that I allowed them to close the case. You fucking with me right now? Fuck you people, seriously. You people need to be burned alive. It's as simple as that. Now, before I go all radical and actually start burning people alive, I think I should just sign off. Bye-bye, everyone.